0: This podcast may contain content that is not suitable for listeners under the age of 18. If you are 17 or younger and wish to educate yourself about sex and relationships, you should visit scarlatine.com. That's scarletine with one T. Hey, I'm Alicia, your non-monogamous relationship coach. Welcome to the podcast where my friends and I chat about our relationships, enthusiastic non-monogamy, polyamory, swinging, kink, and our lives. You'll get a candid peek into what makes it worth it to live life outside the box. And in case you're still wondering, nope, we're not monogamous. Okay, this is like my sixth time recording this. I might actually fucking get it right. The tale of today's guest's path to understanding her non-monogamous nature is a captivating narrative of growth, authenticity, and the complexities of love. Guys, I am so excited to introduce you to Dirty Lola. Dirty Lola is a notable name among the sex education community in Brooklyn and the nation and probably the world operating in multiple roles. Lola's work spans from educating in workshops to being the creative director of an online magazine. And she also made her mark in the media landscape by appearing on Netflix's principles of pleasure and HBO's the sex diaries. Go check them out. Dirty Lola's experiences and insights into non-monogamy are rooted in her personal journey, making them super authentic and relatable. Lola emphasizes the importance of setting boundaries, engaging in open communication to maintain healthy connections, and she highlights the transformative power of having a partner who actually fucking listens, validates emotions, and takes responsibility for their actions. Overall, Lola's story and experiences provide a deep understanding of the rewards and the obstacles faced in polyamorous relationships. It offers valuable lessons for people looking to explore non-monogamy, who are exploring non-monogamy, who are just been seasoned in non-monogamy. It's pretty fucking fantastic. So before we dive in, I have one more thing. If you're itching for even more podcast goodness, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash not monogamous. By becoming a part of the exclusive crew of listeners and supporters, you're not only making this show possible to produce – But also unlocking a vault of behind-the-scenes treasures, extra goodies, and a whole lot of love from me. And you could find yourself claiming the title of Friends with Benefits, just like Daryl and Joseph do. (laughs) Thanks for supporting the show, guys. Enjoy! On this computer. That's how we do that. Oh, I also, um, the other thing I was going to tell you is that I don't, I don't do like a big old introduction. I record that later because then I know what yeah. we talked about. Yeah. So no worries there. Although, although if you want to uh say a little bit about who you are. Dope.
1: Yeah. You want, me to- <laughs> you want me to <laughs> sure I could talk about
0: I can talk about myself all day long. Do it. amazing okay well then let's just do this first i want to welcome you to nope we're not monogamous and i'm super excited that you're here and i've been like i know who you are and i imagine a bunch of other people know you who you are um but do you do you want to say who you are
1: Sure. Um, my name is Dirty Lola. I'm a sex educator based in Brooklyn and I do so many things under the sex educator hat. So I teach workshops, uh, speak at events and conferences. I work in a sex shop. I'm creative director of an online magazine and I do a lot of media things. And currently I'm on Netflix on The Principles of Pleasure and on HBO on The Sex batteries.
0: I love that. I was watching uh, The Principles of Pleasure and was just like, oh my God, this is so good. Why is not everybody seen this?
1: Isn't it? I mean, and I don't say it because I'm in it, like that it's so good because I had no idea what it was going to look like. They filmed, it was very, a lot of talking because it all happened during lockdown, pretty much. Like we were doing all the planning during lockdown. Then the end of 2020, they were trying to film because they kind of let, they were like, you can film it, all these rules. And they were trying to figure out how to do it. And we were all, there were some of us in New York, some were in LA and some were in Canada, like a couple of people were in Canada. So they were just figuring it out and they kept throwing out dates and trying to do it. And beginning of 2021, we finally figured out how they were going to do it because we had all the COVID precautions and things you had to do. And like, they came to my house, like they send someone to your house to test you. I felt very fancy. <laughs> Having somebody come into my house to give me a COVID test, but they do Your it the day. COVID before. concierge? <laughs> yeah, no, that was what it was called. It was called COVID concierge, and everybody on set had to do that. Was going to be on set had to do it, and if anybody had COVID, they couldn't shoot the next day. So mm-hmm. we got canceled a couple. It was a whole thing, but I was by myself. Like I didn't get to see anybody else. We filmed with none of us saw each other. I had no idea how they were piecing any of it together. It was just very much me and my set and me at the desk. And that was it. And they asked questions that they were asking all of us so like they could piece stuff together. And I'm like, I don't know what these ladies are going to do. I don't know what this is going like. <laughs> to And at that point, I didn't know Emily was co-producing. So I was like, they're lovely, but they are very not educate like they like they were saying like we're doing this because we don't know and so I was like what is this gonna look like so I was very happy once I found out yeah like (laughs) but but I I cried when they sent they sent us the first episode to like see before it aired and I just sat there and I cried like just tears because it was so beautiful just Mm -hmm. the way they put it together just all the little things and I'm like you know doing this work and and being in media stuff, like seeing just the care, like all the stuff in the drawings. I'm like, I really hope people notice all these little nuances and, and things and, and down to the person they had narrating, you know, like Michelle Bateau is just magical. yeah But it was all these parts. I was like, oh, and I love that it, even though it wasn't focused on people with penises per se, it was still very good information for everyone to know. And it just made my heart happy. I'm like, yeah, you could sit and watch this with your kids. You could sit and watch this with your spouse and your partner, your your friends. I watched it with friends. My partner watched it with his kiddo and his wife. Like they all watched it together. It was very sweet. And I love that I could share that with people and people could share it with their people. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. It, it's I seriously think everyone should watch it because there's so much that people just don't know. Even like really slutty people.
1: Place. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, secrets, I didn't know that your hymen grows back. I mean, I didn't think it was like a slim, like like a slim like it's like, you know, I got, but I guess I guess my mind was just like, oh, it's a bear that can I knew it could tear anywhere, right? Like right your bike, fault, whatever. But I didn't know it was something that like grew back and we just always had. And I was like, wow, I learned a thing okay because I you know forever I've known like yeah it it breaks whatever but it's not necessarily during sex like so many things can be happening um to to break it and especially if you're a rough and tumble type person
0: Uh
1: didn't know it grew back so here we are (laughs) even sex educators are learning things
0: (laughs) it's like a a
1: starfish leg (laughs) yeah look at us we're magic we 3d print humans and like if something breaks we can mend it we got we got it
0: amazing (laughs) I love it um okay so the show is nope we're not monogamous so I clearly like talking about relationship styles that aren't monogamy (laughs) I love it So I'm hoping that you would be willing to share a little bit about your journey in the world of non-monogamy. I'm
1: in. (laughs) Let's do it. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So I, we didn't call, I don't think we had a title. It was like, we were just kids doing things, but I was non-monogamous in high school. I had a girlfriend and I remember I was dating a boy and I had broken up with him because I really liked this girl and I was still really into him. And I remember she sat with me and she's like, you know, I would be cool if you were with him. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, why not? Like you didn't have to break up with him. And I was like, huh, okay. And so (laughs) there we were and it didn't have a title. And it really, who knows? I don't know if we were operating in any of The things I operate now but it was just this thing that existed and I never wanted to get married my brain was always in like oh I would like to live in a house with my girlfriend and my boyfriend and that's how I want to live and I don't want to be married I never sat and wrote my name with somebody else's name I always felt that was disgusting (laughs) be somebody else Um, and that was never me. I was never that girl. And then I met my now ex-husband and I fell head over heels. And I had this moment where like, Oh, maybe you're just really, you were just really slutty and not hadn't found the right person to love or to love you. And so, and I was so taken with him, like nothing, you know, you get those blinders when you really Mm -hmm. are into somebody. So for the the longest while longest while being like maybe 5 years. I was very like okay I am happy in this and then I had a breakdown. Call it a quarter life crisis, call it whatever you want. I was washing dishes and I started sobbing and I was just like this is not who I am? This is not who I'm supposed to be. And I was wailing in my kitchen and I remember he came in like what's wrong and I'm like I'm just not I'm not the human I'm supposed to be being. This is not me. Like, this domestic, you know, this is a part of me, but it's not me. It's not who I'm supposed to be. Um, and I had an affair because I rekindled a connection within my very first love. Thanks, MySpace. Um, <laughs> this, wait, here we are aging ourselves. MySpace was, like, really hitting it. And this was back when you couldn't be on Facebook because, unless you went to college. <laughs> certain colleges, remember? Nobody could be on Facebook unless it was like people you went to college with. Um, Mm -hmm. And so everybody was just sending people messages. And all these boys I went to high school with were like professing their crushes or like, oh, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then the man now that I had fallen in love with first and had broken up with me in such a mean way and had always carried that wound, like sent me an apology letter i know and then we were just chatting and it didn't it it was never like yes i'm gonna cheat it was like oh i would like to like hang out with this person and i was hanging out with a bunch of people from high school and it turned first it was an emotional affair and then we had like an affair and then my ex found out and we were on the road like we were engaged and getting married and i was like hey i'm not i don't want to leave you i would like both. I don't know. How do we, could we make this happen? And he said, absolutely not. I'm not into this. I like, okay. I understand that, but I like tucked it in the back of my head and I was like, Oh, we're going to come back to this later. Um, and then I was reading a article in the New York times um, and it was, I wish I could remember the book, but it was about, it wasn't about the book, but it was about the person who wrote the book about, it was a book about like non-monogamy, mainly polyamory, and they were really just kind of, it was about the book coming out and talking about polyamory, and I just remember reading it, and like, this is, that's me, this is who I, oh, oh, and I showed it to my ex-husband, and he's like, no, <laughs> no, uh-uh. no, so it tucked it into the back of my head, um, and I was just really, but I really was just not happy being monogamous, so Uh, I'm, I'm queer. And I, you know, said, Hey, what if, what would you, would you be up for? Like some threesome fun? Like what if we went out together and, you know, found somebody to play with and he was down for that. So that was how I kind of got the, the beginning of that, of us going out and we're both awkward with women. So it didn't work out. (laughs) But we had fun, you know, going out and, who oh do you like that person and what do you like about it you know mm. talking to each other it was really helpful and fun and then we started going to swingers clubs because we were like bars are not working we're really bad at this we need really people that already know what's going on <laughs> we, well also like we would go out and I'm like I don't know if I'm flirting or if she just thinks I really like her outfit or I don't know what's happening like you know I know you've had that moment where you're like yep. oh I don't am I flirt are we flirting or do we just really think each other's cute in that that way do I have a crush on you or (laughs) (laughs) do I just want to be like you (laughs) because that wasn't working so we tried we started going out to like swingers clubs and that was fun I'm trying to think it was a lot of us having sex in swingers clubs amongst the energy of it and I think a couple times we like swap stuff, but even that was again super bonding because going out to a swingers club and you're like it's midnight and they rolled out the breakfast buffet and you're eating bacon and drinking vodka and like watching like a Mormon woman um with hair down to her knees like shake her ass to to ludicrous it's I don't know what else is better. And it was really lovely. Yeah, you know, I I feel like we all have some point where bacon is involved with. <laughs> I have a lot of bacon stories. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the unofficial food of nothing. So it was a lot of us kind of exploring and doing those things. And in that, him getting a little bit more comfortable. And then I started dating. And we had all these rules and I had the best dates, I had the best dates when I had all of these like boundaries and rules and things that I couldn't cross and stuff. And I had beautiful dates. Why? Because everybody wants to be the person that gets to like, you know, get past all of that. And but I had wonderful dates and we had a whole thing set up. And then slowly he was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Like, oh, I can deal with this. So something would come back, fall down. Something would go on the table. Then we started meeting people at conferences and going to different things, made friends. I slept with a woman and her girlfriend. We all became friends and he started dating her. And then suddenly we're in a polycule. <laughs> because she was married and had a girlfriend and her girlfriend was also married. So we were like an instant orgy. And so for about a year we were like all together and then they, breakups happened and whatnot. And then we were all, the four of us were a polycule. Um, But their, their kiddos also were a part of that. And then that was maybe like four years, four or so years before all the divorce stuff started happening. And then, you know, the thing that everybody's like, see, this is That's why polyamory own. doesn't work because he left me for her and she left her husband for, for him. Um, but I'm like, how many monogamous people have this happen all the time uh, all the time and you don't even know the people that you're getting left for. <laughs> they just at least i knew who he was leaving me for you know it's not it's part of it's it not <laughs> right i was there i don't know um but it's not isolated to like polyamory it's things happen yeah. and i always said that i am very much um a polyamorous person in my heart as part of my identity. I, I mm-hmm. view it as part of my sexuality. It's how my brain works. I tried monogamy and I was bad at it. Um, and for my ex, it was he was polyamorous by situation. It was like situational yeah. polyamory that worked because he found a way to make it work but he didn't have the capacity. And that's really like all the crap aside he fell out of love with me because he didn't have the capacity to love two people. And he, he did that, like that choose, it wasn't as dramatic as it is on TV, but you know, it's that inner workings where if you don't have that capacity, you do fall out and fall in with someone new. Mm. And so it's not for every, like, I, I know it's not for everybody. And I always said that I'm like, yeah, he's not polyamorous because he's drawn to it. It's because it's what's happening in his life right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But what a beautiful way to like, to move through that, to like, move slowly, create, create agreements, go, okay, is this working? What's, what's not, oh, this, this isn't so bad. Okay. We can do this
1: now. Yeah. And it was bumpy sometimes, you know, like you bump up against stuff, you get tired of having the agreement, you get tired of having so many rules and, and you're like, Don't you see how silly this is? And sometimes it takes them a minute. And I remember we went to, I forget the kink conference we went to, but there was a talk on polyamory. And if I tell you they had to open up, you know, in the hotel, they have like the accordion wall that'll divide two rooms. They had to take over another room because it's filled up with people and wanting to hear this talk. And I remember they did a talk about jealousy And that was right around the time I was reading The Ethical Slut, and it resonated with me so much about, like, jealousy being an okay emotion and, like, listening to your jealousy. And what is it? Is it a red flag? Is it just you, your shit? Are you just having shit that you need to sit with and figure out? Do you have needs that aren't being met? Like, it was so helpful. And for him, it was hearing, like, oh, yeah, it's okay to be flexible. It's okay you can like go back if you like oh i want to do this and it didn't work you could always talk about pulling back like moving forward go side diagonal like it doesn't have to to change your mind yeah or or augment it even a little bit like yeah augment the thing to make it fit what you need and it was so so helpful for both for both of us because he's not a reader and I could not get him to read anything that I was reading. And I was like, you sure, should read this book. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. So it was nice getting to get to that point. But people think, I'm like I tell people the story and they're like, oh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but you know, this was a course of years. This was years of good, bad, ugly, happy, sad, you know, sexy, not sexy, tears yelling all kinds of things to get to this place and even getting here where I am now was like its own roller coaster you know it's not it's, it's easy when you get the cliff notes but going through the whole book is like woo.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I tell people all the time like I have like a like a blog post that's like I cried every day for a year and it's not that's no joke. Like, and it did, wasn't like, I don't want to do this. It was like, I am just so like emotionally overwhelmed by so much change and so much like processing and like, am I jealous? Am I insecure? Are you doing something wrong? Like, what am I even doing? What do I want? Yep. Like, yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will never, ever, ever get used to the sensation of both being in love Falling in love and having a broken heart at the same time. And that has happened way too many times since I've been an adult polyamorous person, where Mm -hmm. you just feel like you're, it's like you did drugs. You're like, what's going on? You're texting someone, there's NRE, you're falling in love, and then like everything else is on fire and falling apart and you're mourning, and you're full of joy, but it's like all together, and it's literally like a fucking hurricane in your body. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like what I why? How could you not just cry? It <laughs> just exactly. needs to get it out.
0: And I'll take that any day over like twenty years of sitting on the couch watching Lost reruns.
1: <laughs> yeah, unless it's with my polycule, let's all sit together. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, it's worth it's. It's worth every moment of uncomfortableness, like, and that's the thing I tell people, I get messages and they're like, oh, I'm not happy or this and they're thinking about cheating or they're thinking about or they're they're already doing some kind of emotional like somewhere else, they're not at home. And I always say, listen, you have to make a decision. Either way, it's gonna hurt. Nothing's I'm gonna tell you now, none of this is gonna feel good right away. You're either gonna stay where you are and be unhappy and it's gonna crescendo until something bad happens to end it. You're gonna get caught, or they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be unhappy because you're clearly not treating them well, because you're ignoring them or whatever is going on, and you're gonna end up with harm here, or you can make a conscious decision. And talk through it. And they may not accept it. They might not be happy. They're going to be angry. But the end to that conscious decision is going to be a much cleaner end. And it's going to heal a lot easier than, like, all of this. This is a gunshot. (laughs) This is, like, a knife wound. Not a non-fatal knife wound that's got good stitches with a a plastic surgeon. Like, these are two different (laughs) things, right? They both hurt. But... You know, and people just don't, they want the easy out. And I'm like, that doesn't exist. It's not, 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 not in any kind of non-monogamy. This does not exist.
0: We'll be right back. Hey, it's Alicia here. You know, the voice you've been tuning into episode after episode. Today, I'm popping in with an invitation that's really close to my heart. Behind the scenes, I've been crafting something special just for you, my dedicated listeners. If there's a voice inside you that's seeking guidance on navigating the realms of relationships and non-monogamy, wanting to like boost your confidence and find that unwavering sense of security, or you're struggling to manage the tricky waters of jealousy... I'm here to offer my support. I've cleared my schedule to open up 50 slots this month for free one-on-one clarity chats directly with me. So this is your opportunity to dive deep into those pressing questions and come out on the other side with newfound clarity and direction. The availability on this is super limited and these spots are going to fill up really fast. So don't miss your chance to connect with me. Head over to my website, aliciapayne.com right now. Go secure your spot because together we can uncover a path to a more joyful, fulfilling, and easy non-monogamous journey. Talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, what would you? What would you say? What would you say is the? What was the most challenging part of like opening opening your relationship up like that?
1: Cool. Mm. I think it was really trying to reassure him that I was coming home Mm -hmm. to be excited to like explore new people and, you know, get to know new people on an intimate level without that wall of like, I can't cross, like, I can't get to know you that much. I can only get to know you this much. I was so excited about that, but also I'm coming home and trying to get my then partner to wrap his head around the I'm coming home, I still love you. And because I didn't have the toolbox that I have now at all to be able to figure out how to communicate that better. Uh, that was the biggest struggle. And I think also I had a lot of, what's the word? Um, not grief, uh, not revenge, that <laughs> revenge. Um I it, I didn't like that when we would do something, when when something would happen, he wouldn't be okay with it. But then if he wanted to do that exact same thing, he was suddenly okay with it. that The double standard, the kind of mm. like, you know, I'm not okay with I'm really uncomfortable. But then it's like, oh, well, I want to have sex with this person. Okay, sex is on the table. And it's like, ugh, like I wish you weren't making decisions based off of your dick. <laughs> what you want to do. I wish these were decisions being made. With like your heart and your brain, and us talking about it, and not because you're going to go on a date and you would like to have sex with that person. So now suddenly and magically, you are okay with that me having sex with other people um, because you get to do it. And it's like, oh, that was hard. That was really hard. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I see that a lot, right? And and it's almost like you can't like like how to convince people that if it's like, like that somebody else might be having that same experience. Right. Like if if you trust yourself enough to know, like, I can go and do this thing, I can go have sex. Right. Or whatever the thing is, and I'm still going to come home. Why don't I believe my partner
1: can do the same thing? Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like, and to talk about it, like say out loud, why am I not feeling like this? Or what's missing? Like, I realized a lot of my jealousy was coming from that we weren't having sex, right, for a Mm -hmm. while. Like, we weren't having sex, but I knew he was leaving to go have sex. And Mm -hmm. it's like, uh and, you know, or we would have not had any quality time together. We would have not have spent any time or he would have not done anything. There was no, like, tying the bow, right? Like, make sure everything's okay at home before you like walk out the door and go away and stop answering your phone um, because you're, you know, all the things. And when I laid out like, hey, it would feel great if we could have sex and if it's not, if you're not feeling sex, but like an intimate moment before you leave and some quality time, like a date night, even if it's in the house. And it would be wonderful if like you took care of making sure I'm set for the weekend, like food wise, like is that, have we shopped? all this stuff, because that's what I would do for him. And I'm like, Oh, I want what I do for you. When I go away, I've shopped. You have food, sometimes prepared food. Like you don't have to think about anything and I'm trying to make sure I spend time with you before I go. And I'm like, I want, I want that too. And I'd like you to check in. And those things were very hard for him to do. So it was always like this cycle of you're being crazy. And I'm like, I, you're not doing any of the things that I, I need. And then you're disappearing. Uh I don't know what you want. Uh And now I'm resentful. Yes. Resentful. Or we would make boundaries. We would like go to events together as a group and we'd be sitting in the car like what is what's the container for this weekend what does this look like and Mm -hmm. a big one for me back then was like not sleep not fucking in the bed we were sleeping in especially at a hotel with one bed where you're not going to be able to change the sheets like you know it's one thing at our house it's another thing just like I don't want that energy especially if we're struggling a little bit like go somewhere else I don't know what to tell you and he would always break it and then he would lie and I'm like, you don't make the bed like they make the bed in the hotel. So I know that you've been in this bed. And he'd go, oh, yeah. So it was like, oh, you're lying. Now there's lying. And so now there's all this yeah. upset. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, not, not necessary. But those were the rough times, yeah. right? Those were the like, that's when you keep learning, like, this is what I will not do. Yeah. On. Yeah. You
0: know, I coach a lot of people around like this. It's like when I hear stories like that, I'm like, oh, it sounds like this little boy who is so scared of getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. I know I did something wrong and I do not want you to find out because then I'll be in trouble. And it's like, it's like watching a little boy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or, and my thing yeah. always was, if this really isn't what you want to agree to, you need to say no. And we have yep. to figure out a workaround. Cause if he said no, I don't think that's fair. This is going to be the space. Then I, you know, I probably would have been upset, but then I could have said, like, can you handle getting the bed changed? Like, can you handle getting the sheets changed? Can you handle like making sure I'm not coming back to be in like the wet spot? Cause that's not like, why do I want that? It's not mine. (laughs) Let's collaborate. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, but it was a lot of him just going, yes. And then uh-huh. not following through instead of the, no, I don't like that. Then let's figure out on the on the alternative that might feel good for both of us.
0: Mm. I never
1: got that in that relationship. And that's something now I feel with my current partner. I definitely, where I'm just like ready for a fight. I'm, it's getting better. It's been six years, but in the beginning, I'd be ready for the fight because I always had to kind of like. Be ready to like, oh, you're not, and you go, oh, well, I'm not okay with that. But what if we did this? And I'm like, hit you, oh yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm totally okay with that. That that's I love that. That's better than this original thing. Like, let's do that. Yeah. Had to, you know, get used to having somebody who is wanting to talk about things mm-hmm. and not just yes me to death.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. What? Uh, okay. I'm, <laughs> do that. Like, like talking about like communication, right? Like that's, that's kind of the thing is, is don't agree to things you don't want to agree to. Keep talking about things until you have a solution that works for everyone. Right. right. And like, and like figuring out what your, your boundaries are so you can make those agreements. Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes it might mean that you just don't get to do the thing that you want to do in that moment. Because if you're, if you're up in the air, you're still betraying trust. If yes. uh, if nothing's come to a, an end end agreement, that we, you know, it's, this is Ross and Rachel. We were on a break, right? Like,
0: we but did you talk
1: about the break? <laughs> yeah, like no, you know, it's like <laughs> but if everybody doesn't know that, if everybody doesn't, if the break to everyone doesn't equal we're having sex with other people. Oh, the noises. They're flipping my power on. I'm so so sorry. They're (laughs) switching us to generators. So if you hear weird noises. Where were we? No, we were talking about saying yes. But not me.
0: Yeah. Boundaries. Boundaries. Tell me about boundaries. Like how, how, how. What's the question I want to ask you? So having gone from you feeling like you have to fight for your, for what you need and what you want to uh, a a more communicative relationship, how, how does it feel to like establish and maintain your, your own boundaries?
1: It was very freeing, but it was also, there was a lot of like, Oh, I, I kept finding myself in the Back where I was for a moment, there would always be this, like, handful of minutes where I'd be back in my old relationship and setting myself up and putting up the old guards and doing all the things to get ready to argue for what I needed or, or you know, because this is what this is going to turn into. And then when it doesn't, like, everything, just all your muscles relaxed and your brain releases because you realize, like, I'm not, this is not even going to be like this and it's going to be so easy comparatively. Mm -hmm. it it made it easier it also made it easier for me to really think about what I was asking for because it wasn't coming from a place of resentment and it wasn't coming from a place of anger or um, just discombobulation because when you're always arguing about the same thing and always asking you start getting like bereft, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking when you don't feel heard and you don't feel seen and you keep asking for the same thing. And, and it's not really you asking for a lot. And you're like, this is all I'm asking you for. And it's not being done. So having somebody go, okay. (laughs) And you're like, that's it.
0: As you were saying that, as you, as you were describing that, I felt like well, I felt my uh, my first marriage, um, but also, <laughs> but also like regardless of the relationship structure, monogamous, non monogamous, that feels like um, kind of the the typical like the the social standard of what a, a marriage or a relationship is supposed to be, especially a hetero relationship, where where right. we often have women going, I just want these couple of things, and men going
1: but well, this is just how it is, <laughs> right? Or like, sure, I'll do it. No, you're right. You deserve that, and then not doing it, and you're like, uh-huh. and then you're mad, and they're like, "Well, why are you upset?"
0: Uh huh. Uh huh.
1: It's like it's like I just I just felt
0: like millions a uh, millions of people going, "Oh, that sounds like my relationship,"
1: because <laughs> mm-hmm. it happens oh. so much, and that's and that's the sad part is it happens so much, but finding that person who diffuses it would diffuse my own anger that was another thing that I kept being surprised by I would be so mad about something that happened and like rightfully angry about a thing that's happened and we would start talking and the fact that he wasn't interrupting me and he was hearing me and he would go you're right it's not even about needing to be right but it's like having somebody say like your anger is valid or oh you know what hearing how this played out for you I see my fuck up and mm-hmm. i didn't mean that to happen that way or i didn't realize it was going to hit you that way or come across that way or i didn't think about this in this terms and having somebody do that instead of going yeah well you what about you cuz and then so nothing's getting solved and now you're defending yourself so having someone go oh i hear you i see you it would diffuse my anger it would like take me from a 10 to like a 5 where i was still upset but able to be rational and even sometimes go hey I'm still processing because I'm not trying to process now because we may not get to talk about this again because you're not going to want to talk about this later and so now I'm trying to process on the fly and it's a whole thing so being able to like diffuse enough to go I'm still figuring out all the things but this is where I am and thank you for hearing me and then being able to come back and say Here's where I was. Like after I thought about it, here's what happened for me. This is what would have made that feel different. Such a, such a game changer. Cause it was never, it never took away that, like, oh, you're not going to be angry because you're still going to get mad at people. People are still going to make mistakes. But it goes from being this flying off the handle because you're not being heard or they're pressing all your buttons because they're feeling defensive and not open to hearing you and it just makes it into a whole because how many times have we all fought and yeah. now we're fighting about something that happened three years ago Might at your well cousin's wedding like- <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a game changer i mean same relationship different relationship doesn't matter but like being able to like calm down and table the discussion until you've had time to think about it that alone changes right. I know that gonna- so much
1: yeah, and that they're going to actually want to talk to you about it, yeah. After you calm down, yeah. yeah. Or and for him, me not because I I'm like I I have and I'm getting better. Maybe <laughs> my thing is I really uh, when I'm angry with people, it's like my love turns off. I'm not mm-hmm. able to like have lovey feelings when I'm mad, really mad. So mm-hmm. I can't be affectionate. Like it just doesn't work for me, and it's so hard. For me, old me would just stop talking to you for the day. Like I would just ignore you all day. And I would pretend you weren't there because that was the only thing that kind of worked in my marriage was you want to hear me when I was talking to you. So I would pretend he wasn't there until he couldn't take being ignored anymore. And then he'd go, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I don't really want to talk about it or solve it, but I'm just going to say, I'm sorry. That was our Uh cycle all the time. Um, And so being with a person who like cannot take silence it's it's it really fucks with him he's like he gets so upset and knowing that that I don't want to do that to him even when I am upset and so having somebody who's like i would like can we make time when would be a good time for you or here's what my schedule looks like i you know he's a therapist so he's like i have clients all day is it and 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 he'll go is it okay if i check in with you is it okay if i send you things like are you okay if i send you memes is it okay if i send you like things are you is that going to upset you like having I never had anybody ask me can they contact me when I'm upset with cute things because it used to make me angry I'm like you're ignoring that I'm mad or you're ignoring that we are having like a whole fucking thing right now like our everything's imploding and you're sending me minks. <laughs>
0: send any destruction. Right now
1: <laughs> yeah like what is going on but having that and sometimes I've been able to like you know what could we not, could you just not until we talk tonight? I would, I need some time where I'm not getting this or I'll go, yes, I'm okay with that. And it's like, oh, I have choices too. I have choices to do this. And it also, I get to sit for a moment and go, you have a choice where you can be a good partner. And um, what does that look like? And you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to shut down and you don't have to uh, not give love when you're mad. And like, how can you do this? Uh, and not, you know, feel like you're betraying yourself, because <laughs> yeah. I do, like, oh, I hate saying I love you when I'm mad at somebody, but I'll do it now, because I know it, like, really, he's like, I don't like when you won't say you love me, because I know you do, but it, it really hurts when you won't, when you're upset, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you know, but having space, it helps me grow, like, I'm becoming a better person, not just for him, but because of How we communicate it helps me realize, like, oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurting you because I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. Oh, now I got to put on my big girl panties. (laughs) I know, and you're because you. I think we all feel righteous, right? In our anger, we feel righteous in treating people. However, because we're angry, and it's like, yes, maybe in that moment, but what's the outcome? What's the fallout? Are you are you basically chipping away at your relationship because? you are petty and, you know, nippy and evil and you say things you don't mean and call names when you're upset. Yeah. Even if you apologize, what's been done is done. And like, what are we doing over time? And so if you have the space to go, oh, okay, I'm mad, but I can give this much. I can say, I love you. Mm-hmm. I can, I can use emoji. I stopped using emojis and he's like, I can tell you're upset. You're not using emojis when you talk to me. You, you only used one exclamation point.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a partner Cause, cause, who does you know, that. everything is finished with a period. Yes. Yeah. Period. What why are you mad? <laughs> I'm not mad.
1: I have a good yes, day. day. <laughs> I'm good. I had chicken. It was delicious. <laughs> yes Yes. Tis me. Tis me. So, you know, just putting things, but I might not use the exclamation. But I'll put like a little heart where I, you know, it it melts the ice of like, I'm trying but to But it's make like a green up.
0: heart and not a red heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I'm real mad, I send it thumbs up. <laughs> That's mean. (laughs) He'll go,
1: have a good day. Thumbs up. (laughs) And then, but now I've gotten really good at saying like, hey, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm apologize. I'm sorry because I was a little snippy with you today. You didn't deserve that. Or he was here visiting and my perimenopause was fucking flaring and everything felt like fire. And he gives off heat like he's made of lava (laughs) and I have a full size bed. And I was like uncomfortable and I should have set up the other bed for him because the way I sleep at his house is... I have my own room, and he'll sleep and fall until I fall asleep, and then he'll go get back in his, his big bed with his, his life, and that's how we share space, because I don't sleep well with people anymore, but it's so we can cuddle and have time, and then I don't have to be like, oh, why are you in here? <laughs> go away. <laughs> Go away. So you're so hot. And so this trip, because I wasn't sleeping well, and my body was hurting, and I was hot all the time. I was so short-tempered, and when he got home, and we had a great time, but there were a lot of moments that were hard, and when he got home, I said, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't nicer to you on this trip. I feel like I wasn't as nice as I could have been, and I really hope it didn't ruin your time, and he's like, no, I had a great time, and he's like, I get you're going through stuff, but thank you so much for apologizing, and like, old me would have been like, fuck you, I don't care, (laughs) don't be lava, and maybe I will be nicer to you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh my god I love it so much oh Uh, oh that's wonderful that is wonderful (laughs) um I want to ask you about compersion is compersion something you experience
1: sometimes sometimes I have It's okay. I think I would feel it more if I was local because all my, right now my partner is long distance. My lover's long distance. I don't, I'm wading through the cesspool of dating in New York to try to find somebody here Mm. that's local. But I think being so far away, whenever my partner is, I have a date with a new person, it flares Up all this, like, oh, this new person gets to spend time with him in a way I don't get to spend time with him. Like, they get to randomly go to a movie with him, or he went out to a bar and they ran into them and they get to spend time with him. And I have to like plan and plot everything out, and I'm not going to see him for months. And it just flares it up. And the irrational, like, oh, there's not going to be any space for me because there's this other person now and they're local, and it's just going to edge me out more. All of those. Things that aren't true, clear. And I've learned that, and so I've had to kind of build like some boundaries around it, so that I can get to a point of compersion for him. So first, I'm like, I want to know, please, like, don't ever not tell me. I want to hear when you've met somebody new. Um, I don't know if I want to hear about your dates. Can you ask me? Like, I might be in the mood for it. I might not. And sometimes I don't want to know. And I'm like, I don't want to know about sex things. I'm not big on hearing about him having, like anybody I'm having sex with, having sex with other people, just randomly. It's not, that's not where I get my joy. But I do want to know like, oh, did you do something fun? But ask, because I might, especially when it's new, I might not be there. Eventually I get to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you get to hang out. Or I'm so glad, you know, it gets there. And especially when he is getting to a point where he's getting to like integrate, because I know he's really big on making, sure everybody's kind of integrated and friends and that's his like dream he he wants Mm -hmm. us all to like be friends and love each other and I'm very like I don't want to meet anybody for a year but I don't I don't I that's my also my rule because he keeps meeting people and it doesn't go well and I'm like I want I want you to be happy I'm going to know about them I can wait if you're with them for a year I'll meet them make it work first. (laughs) Like, I don't want to meet the person you've been dating for four months because I happen to be in town. Like, I'm good. Mm. I'm good. Um, So I get there. I get, I have compersion when he's, he's plans like his big trips and he's very excited about it. I get very excited for him for those things. And I'm like, oh, and when he has his, he calls them fireworks moments, the like love explosions. He's Mm. very schmoopy me and my metamor his wife are not schmoopy and we make fun of him in the in the gentlest kindest of ways about how he just wants all these schmoopy like kiss me on the cheek both of you kiss me on the cheek while we look at the moon and we're like "Uh, (laughs) get out of here so when he gets those schmoopy moments i feel compersion um and it makes my makes my heart happy but it's sometimes for me i have to i have to like get in there and then once it's Set. Like when when everything not everything's running right, but when it's people are in our lives, it's a lot easier. Like they had their 15th wedding anniversary um last year, I think it was last year, and so everybody was there, the whole polycule. Everybody came, and we were all at all the events, and because they, they had come out to their family the year before, and so they were like, "Ta-da! Our whole polycule is here!" And we all gave speeches, and. I had so, like the love in my heart was overflowing, just bubbling over with all these people that love them and that we're connected to each other and how, you know, lovely it is. And a lot, we joke that they are, they take in wounded people because, (laughs) and make us better because myself and my metamores uh platonic love partner, we both started with, they found me when I was broken. <laughs> and it's true, like they found I met him when I was at like a really not great point, and then and then my ex asked for the divorce. So our relationship was beginning and I didn't even want it because I, I was like, I can't do this while I can't and fall in love when my heart is breaking. Like, <laughs> well my life is being burnt down you know like I'm inside I'm that little I was that little dog inside the burning everything's house. fine like it was like that was me <laughs> my coffee like oh um but it was I was like oh yeah this is what compersion feels like like deeply uh just the, mm-hmm. the the life that they formed I love that so. I love I love
0: your self awareness on like actually I'd like to wait to meet people and like here's you know knowing what what you want to know what you don't want to know because so many people kind of especially opening up or or just entering non monogamy are like I don't know I need to know everything or I need to know nothing and compersion is this gold standard reason that people are doing things but like there must be something wrong with me because I don't feel compersion and I'm like dude I've been doing this for a decade and I feel compersion like twice a year maybe. Like, I'm happy with neutral. So happy yeah. with feeling neutral. If yeah, I'm not yeah.
1: jealous, I am stoked. Th- Amen. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh, I lo- yes. Did I burn your house down? No. Be happy. I am. No, that uh, is such a good point. Yeah. Because it's hard to be. I mean, I think it's lovely when you can be loved, with your person being loved I'm a realist right and I've seen this I think also part of that for me is I've seen his heart get broken I've mm-hmm. seen people treat him poorly like he's a good person and he loves deeply and I've seen people just kind of stomp on it and it makes me want to choke people out and I'm like you don't want me killing everybody you date who treats you poorly like that wouldn't go well I feel like well, NPR would have a ball with it, but I don't think we want that to be the face of polyamory. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> relatable. Made <laughs> it cry. No. Yeah. So, and there were a couple people in a row that made that rule have to happen because they got. I don't like when people pretend they know me. You know, like you know my name and you know somebody I know, and you're like, "Hey, girlfriend," and I'm like, Mm-mm, "I don't trust you." That makes me feel so distrustful. Mm-hmm. And in the end she was awful. <laughs> she was an awful person. She stole my collar because she steals something from everybody she breaks up with. And it happened to be my collar. I know mm. it was a whole thing. And then the next person he got with, she they dated. And then I don't know, he, he has like a creeper mustache. It's, it's not, it's just, he's just a white man with a mustache. And it's, he looks a little bit like Kit from Napoleon Dynamite. And if right. he wears a polo or like a, I like, I told him you can't wear a members only jacket because people are going to pull their children closer. Like it's not purposeful, but just, he's just a dorky white man that kind of gives off creeper vibes because of the mustache. And so I think this person <laughs> was like, I don't know about you and didn't want to see him anymore, but his wife was dating their husband. And so they were like in social situations. So we were all together for new year's and he found out, she found out he was dating me. And suddenly wanted to date him. And then with hardcore pursuing him because of me. Oh. And I was like, this is why I don't like meeting people. Because that was creepy. I'm like, that's yeah. creepy. That's creepy yeah. that she's the, and I'm like, oh, but now I know you date Lola. So now you're cool. Maybe we can I'm like, no, no, it's you okay. Do I have a crush on her or do
0: I want to be her?
1: i want to steal her skin. Um <laughs> But, you know, I I and I'm aware of who I am and like circles and I want people to get to know him for him. And it's I'm not and I'm like, you know, part of it is like, am I being not humble thinking that way? But I, I do. We've had some moments where people know who I am. And I'm like, I want them to like you for you. I don't want them to like you because of your proximity to me. That doesn't feel good to me. Um, I don't want to slap people. And because I will yeah so all it's just it's also letting it run its course let let them know if you want to let them know who I am I'm fine let you know I'm not don't hide me I like to know who they are he tells stories and he loves a story he loves to hear he's the king of compersion oh my god Mm. the moment if I'm on the internet talking about somebody I've been chatting with he will send me like oh Will you tell me more about this later? He loves to hear about this. He wants to hear about the sex. He wants to hear, like, how was the date? Where did you go? What did you wear? Um, <laughs> what was the conversation like? He's nosy in the best way. Like, he, he's like, oh, I love it. He's like, yes, was it a good date? He's such a cheerleader. Oh. He's in it, like, and when I have a bad day, he's like, "Fuck the that dude, look, like, fuck that person." He's like, "Dad, ah, they don't know." He's so good at all of that. So, you know, it's. I'm trying to learn from him a little bit, but he definitely gets very like, "Yeah, you're
0: like, look, I'll pick up one pom pom, occasionally, right? One. <laughs> she, it's gonna be
1: black. It's gonna be a black pom. I'm like your Wednesday Adams on the cheer squad. That's, but you." But, you, but get, I'm there. you get a little, but I'm there. I'm there.
0: I'm there. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, I love it so much. Cause I, I really, I, uh, this is why I do this because I want people to hear how people really are and not how people want people to think they are. That makes sense. Like we right. want, we want the, here's the face of polyamory. We want it to be perfect. It's monogamy plus one or two, or, you know, like it's normal. Mm-hmm. But like no, what's normal is just being people who have emotions and who grow up in a monogamous society and still have all that conditioning that we're constantly right. unwinding and like and have you know needs and boundaries and insecurities and and it's all fine and normal and human. Can we talk about it and be adults about it and
1: <laughs> and let people yeah. know it's okay. Even the. Even the young people, right? We've got like a whole generation who's now come up in a time where non-monogamy has been very open. So like, and, and loud and proud. Like we didn't, it existed, but we didn't have all of this everything you know where people mm-hmm. were talking about it so you're seeing these people in their 20s who this has been a choice they made that choice in their teens they've been you know and they're openly talking about it and they all talk about still experiencing jealousy having problems so even when you're not fully in the like monogamy machine it's human nature to want like somebody I think all to covet people you know we're, we're like oh like I want you to myself even for a moment and I still have those moments I still I don't know do you do um I try I don't do like you can't take somebody here but I'm like could we not talk about you wanting to take somebody here while we're in that place like later sure but can I have while we're there to like tuck it in the back of your head but I'd be glad to like you know um, you want to take your partner to this fun place that we went to. And, and I like that he asked, he'll say like, Hey, would you? And I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. I think they would love it there. You know, it's, it's, there's not enough places in the world for everything to just be yours, but I like moments to be mine. I want to have a bubble of mine. I don't need it to always be mine, but you know, our time here is mine. And, uh, yeah and we make what what it is of it what you want that's a beautiful but I still get those like no yeah you have to like I will never tell you to not go to a movie the same movie with somebody right like I'm not gonna do that but if I we go to like some super weird amazing like vacation spot don't I and it might be great can let's have it and then later if you're like I really would like to take so-and-so I'm like yeah yeah of course but also like I think they would love that because now it's a separate container we're outside of that and we have our memories and you're gonna go make your own memories there we and we'll unique be unique experience
0: together yeah yeah <laughs> my husband yesterday went and saw Barbie for the third time three different partners and he was like shit Alicia I haven't seen it with you Because I went and saw it with another partner, but he had this moment of like, oh fuck, have I seen it with all my partners and not my wife? (laughs) I was like, no,
1: I went and saw it with my boyfriend. (laughs) I love that though. I love the like, oh man, have you been waiting for me? Because that's things that we, you do. Like I would do that with my ex. We would go see all the Marvel movies together. That was like our thing. Yep, And, you know, it's like, no, that's, so silly to. I mean, I get why people are like, "Oh, this is ours," but I also get if you say like, "Hey, this is a show that we watch together," and I would, I don't want you to. I would like if it could be our show that we watch together because it's more about the time you're spending and mm-hmm. the like. I'm not going to go ahead in the show. I want to like move through this because we're talking about it or whatever. And I get kind of like taking some stuff, and I think that's okay. And nominating me to to still have things that you're like are loosely yours yeah you know these yeah. are this is going to be your moments but then I that's where I get compersion I love when my partner I met come to town and I get to like oh huh, you have to take it remember that place we went that I took you okay you gotta take her to that and like uh-huh. you gotta oh my god and she's very into books we call her the book dragon I I love finding bookstores I write if I pass one I go in I get a card I write it down for like when she comes to visit but I love that and I get so happy that she gets to experience stuff that I've experienced with him that he can now take her because I'm like busy and I can't be with him or whatever while they're here that he she gets to go see this thing because usually Mm -hmm. while we're there I'm like oh you know who would she would love this man Uh oh okay next time she's got to come for me it's food that I that Oh, I'm like, like, oh, you sharing, have to bring like, your
0: partner to this. This is so good.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, cause those are, those are the things that feel like good. And, and I, and I know, especially when, you know, your partners, partners, it's like, oh my God, they would love this. This would be, and I think that's why over time you, it loosens the reins of like jealousy and like, mm-hmm. oh, everything has to be mine because you, you're getting to know people and you have love for them like I love my metamorph. she's one of my best friends and so I'm always thinking about her too and it's so it feels less which is I think why it's hard with new people because I don't know I'm like who are you I don't know yeah. you. who are you
0: I can and once I get to know, know them
1: <laughs> right yeah well you know it's like it's stranger you're a stranger who is this I'm like a little dog like. Mm. <laughs> What are you doing? But then when you get to know people and it's so easy to fall into the, oh my God, you would love this. you got to take them there. We should all go together. Like next time right now, oh, we all got to go to the spa that we went to. They would love this.
0: Mm -hmm. That's fun. I like that.
1: Those are the juicy parts.
0: Yeah. I want to, I want to ask you this, um, because I want to respect your time. Uh, what, What is something that anyone can do for free to help them uh, approach relationships in a healthier way?
1: For free, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Write, write down. Like, whenever you're having a hard moment, write down. Like, what is it? The what they call it when it's freeform thought you let your thoughts flow like freeform writing oh yeah just, just kind of write down. down yeah but like everything that's in your head like write it down just kind of what's going on write it down like you all the voices in your head write them on paper because I will tell you when you write down all the crap we say to ourselves and you see it in print you're like oh, what is this <laughs> Some, you know it's it's Because we kind of go into this spiral. And I think you quiet the voice when you give it an outlet, when you keep it inside and you're not doing anything with it. It just keeps getting louder and meaner. And when you write things down, it makes it easier. But also sometimes you process stuff out or you just get to kind of see, like I've written stuff down and I'm like, oh, that's the problem. Oh, like that. Here we are. And being able to go back with notes. I make bullet points, too. Uh-huh. Like, if you have talking points, um, just to keep you on track. Because uh, sometimes, you know, you veer off and you're going into a whole other territory. But I'll make talking points. Um, or, like, what I want to address so I don't forget. So I'm like, hey, here's what I've been upset about. Here are the things I'd like to address. Like, can we and we, like, point by point. That helps so much. But all of that is free just some paper and a pen or a pencil and taking a moment to like write it down, especially if you've had a fight and y'all are taking a moment sitting down and writing out the things you want to talk about. It doesn't have to be you solving problems, but it's like, what is it that I really want to talk about mm-hmm. when we talk? Because you might forget or you might, you know. You're sitting there stewing, and more than likely you're coming up with rebuttals <laughs> instead of solutions or like what to talk through yeah. um, yep, it's so yeah, like just taking a moment to write it down and it doesn't have to be journaling, you don't have to do a diary, but just doing yeah. you know doing a stream of consciousness, put on some music.
0: I love that and just let call, it flow it and then go back and read everything. it. Just stopping yeah. the momentum, yeah. like your brain just spinning out on everything and having the whole conversation before there's even somebody sitting in front of you to have the conversation with.
1: That. Mm. Yep. <laughs> also, I talk to myself out loud. Like uh, I, I, do. <laughs> I, and I do both sides. I mean, and you know, when nobody's home and just the cat is just, you know, I'll sit, but it's helpful Cause I'll retort. I'll be like, that sounds stupid. Why'd you say that? Like, that's not, you know, that's not true. And I try to remind myself that stuff too. If I say something mean, I have to retort with the, you know, that's not true. That's been a good habit for me. Um, That's really good. And I think that helps because telling ourselves the stories, we do it for everything, our bodies, relationships, everything. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I was, I did that the other night in the car. I caught myself just having a whole conversation out loud. And I looked around, I was like, oh, I never even checked to make sure there was nobody in the car. <laughs> I like looked in the back seat, like, wait, are my kids here?
1: Am I just talking to myself? <laughs> I've done that where I sound like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. No, okay. <laughs> I must sound real crazy Go right ahead, now. have a whole moment. Yeah, listen, you gotta have it out with yourself sometimes.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, is there is there anything uh that you want to share with the listeners that I haven't asked you?
1: I don't know. Is there? Um hmm. My okay. I'm just if you're new, if you're figuring things out, I implore you, don't call everything polyamory. Okay. That's my that's one of my (laughs) biggest pet peeves, is that everything under the non-monogamy umbrella gets like called polyamory. And it's not, I'm not gatekeeping, but not everything is not polyamory. There's so many wonderful ways to be non-monogamous and they get glossed over or heaped into polyamory, which they're not, they're not polyamory. And so it causes it a, a disconnect because it, polyamory is a thing that means something very specific. And so when you're lumping everything in that's not polyamory, it's gonna cause problems in like meeting new people, trying to like what you're looking for, right? If you're just kind of doing monogamish and not, and I'm polyamorous, but you're telling me you're polyamorous, but really you're monogamish, that's gonna be a thing that mm-hmm. might not be cute. So just knowing that non-monogamy is the umbrella, polyamory is like a thing under that umbrella. Um, yeah, Ooh, and date, right. and when you're dating. <laughs> Dating is dating, y'all. It's not poly. Yes. Yes. This is what yeah. I, I had someone dating. Tell me,
0: he was like I'm polyamorous and he was like, "Oh, but I don't think I could like if I fell in love with someone, I don't think I could do that." And I was like, "Then that is not polyamorous. You're dating. You're dating. You're just dating. That's all it that is. That's not
1: polyamory. You're not polyamory committed to isn't anyone. Like the way station. No. It's not the way station to getting married, to like when you meet the one.
0: yeah 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 and I a lot of people go oh I tried polyamory that wasn't for me they were dating
1: (laughs) or they were swinging like (laughs) like girl this is not the same it is not and that's right and but probably because you were calling yourself polyamorous and so there's expectations that come with that there's you know, I I always tell people, they're like, oh, well, what is, is your, all your dating polyamorous? No, no, it's not. It's not polyamorous until I make it polyamorous. It's I'm dating. If it goes, gets to a point where I want to fold them into my non-monogamy, then that will happen. But oftentimes it's just dating. It's just me as a solo poly person dating. It's not polyamory until they become a relationship. And whatever form that's going to look like, but a relationship within my polyamory. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. It's two, yeah. we're, we're it's separate tracks, it's separate tracks. Mm,
0: I love that. I love that. <clears throat> okay. I have one last question. And this one does not okay. go on. This one does not go on the main episode. This is uh, for Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash not And it's called just the tip. is what is your best or favorite sex tip to share? Thank you you so much for coming on the show. This was so much fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a good time. Good time. Talking about boundaries, (laughs) right?
0: love it oh that was dirty lola's sex tip just the tip that you can find on patreon.com slash not monogamous if you didn't hear it go check it out become a supporter leave us a review like the show do all the things that all the podcast people say to do it would really help us out thanks bye Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me personally and would help us keep this little podcast going if you would subscribe, leave a review, or share this episode with your friends. For more personalized support with your own relationships, we can work together on a one-to-one basis. Just visit my website at aliciapayne.com and schedule a free call to chat about life, the universe, and your relationships. Bye.